Welcome to the sermon podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's work. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, I've already been up here once, but everybody doing all right? You guys got a lot of spirit for a 930 service. I like it. I like it. Thank you, sir. You're a scholar and a gentleman. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I said earlier that it's one of my favorite Sundays all year long, and it really is. Baptism Sunday is definitely one of my favorite Sundays. And in just a few minutes, we're going to have the opportunity to baptize some folks that have uh, just said, hey, I want to be baptized. I want to go public with my faith. I want to say publicly to friends and family and to church family what God has been doing privately in my heart and in my life. And so we're so thankful for that. We'll do that at the end of the service. And here's, here's what we always offer the opportunity uh, to do. If you came today and you weren't prepared to be baptized, but at some point during this service, whether it's already happened or maybe you heard me say baptism, you're like, oh, that was today. I forgot to register. Or maybe during the next few minutes as we're talking, we open God's word in a second. You just feel like the Lord's kind of tugging on your heart and you say, hey, I want to be baptized. I know I'm wearing, you know, like my regular clothes. That's okay. We'll give you a towel and a t-shirt to change into. You got to keep your wet pants on, but I mean, that's nothing we can do about that. But we'll give you a chance just to say, hey, spontaneously, I want to be baptized. We would love to have you have that opportunity. But I love Baptism Sunday because it speaks so much to life change. And that's really what we're all about here is people taking next steps in their relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's also this really great Sunday because, like I said, it's kind of the end of, it's the marker for us of the end of the construction phase. It's the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, for those of you that have been walking with us during these 21 days, way to go. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job. No matter what level you participated in, if you just read the Bible a little more, a couple times more than you normally do, if maybe you fasted something, either something that you eat, something that you wanted to eat, maybe it was something like social media for some time or some other participation level that you did, uh, way to go. This is something that we love to do to start the year, just to focus our hearts and our minds on the Lord. And so way to go. It's the end of our 21 days days of prayer and fasting. Keep doing what you've been doing. Uh, But, you know, it's not just the end of some stuff, even though it's the end of our Divine Direction series. It is also the beginning of this new season for us here at Canton Church. And I talked about that just a minute ago, but I'm just so thankful for what God has done and what I believe God is about to do in this church. I've said for a while, I've said it from the stage, and I've said it privately even more than that, that I have what I'm calling a holy anticipation for what I believe God is about to do and what God's already started here Uh, in this season for our church. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm glad you're a part of that. So for today, as we look to conclude this uh, Divine Direction sermon series, what I'd love for you to do is lift your hand if you have still kept any of the New Year's resolutions that you started on January 1st. Anybody want to lift your hand? That's fine. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Go ahead. All right. Lift your hand if you have not kept the New Year's resolutions that you started. That's fine. Don't be ashamed. No shame in that. No shame. Uh, Well, let me just say to you, the the amazing thing about New Year's resolutions is, you know, a lot of us make them. Some of us don't because we're like, oh, I always forget them. So I always fail at them. So I'm just not even going to do it anymore. But what I I love about New Year's resolutions and when you flip over the calendar to a new year, it kind of feels like a fresh start. It kind of feels like even though it's one day to the next day, just like it is any other time during the year, it feels like you get a fresh start. It feels like you get to start over. And so for those of you that have continued with your New Year's resolutions, keep going because statistics tell us if you make it through 30 days, you're like 80% more likely to make it all year long with your New Year's resolutions. So just keep going. But today what I want us to talk about is this idea of having faith to start and faith to finish. Because we're not just talking about New Year's resolutions, even though I know a lot of us have started those in January. 
But as we talk about, you know, starting something new, some of us in this series, you've been talking about divine direction. And so you're like, hey, I really think it's time to, you know, heed what I believe God is saying to me and and speaking into my life and, and to do something new. Maybe that's going back to school. I know I had a conversation with somebody about two weeks ago, and they said, man, I've been thinking about it for a while, and, but I feel like I'm too old. I feel like maybe I'm already kind of in a different stage of life. And I said, no, 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 don't, don't allow any of those things to inhibit you. If you feel like that's something God's leading you to do, then pursue it. Look for the information, figure out the financial aid, figure out all the information, and then make as best a decision you can. Because in this series, what we've really been talking about is so often we're asking God, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And God is more concerned with who we are becoming than what we are to do. And also God might be saying to you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to give you the wisdom to decide. That's really the two main ideas that we're trusting God in the process that he's taking us through. Pastor Matt did an incredible job last week just talking through this trusting the process. I wasn't here. I'm so thankful that our church allows me to go and help serve other churches. And, and we were there last week just serving a church in Arkansas. And I was talking to them about some of the things that God is doing here. And I was thinking about the things that you guys are doing by faith. Some of you, you've made really like faith-filled decisions in the last few weeks, in the last few months to get out of some relationships that were comfortable to you, but you knew that they were the wrong relationship. Some of you, you've made decisions again to, to switch jobs or maybe to quit a job without even the assurance of what the next job would be because you knew you were in the wrong place. Some of you have stayed in jobs that you hated because you believed that it was still right for what God was calling you to do in that time. And divine direction is trying to determine what is it that God is saying to to me so that I can continue on this path of becoming who God wants me to be. And so I know some of you, you've been sitting here through this whole series, whether today's your first time or the, you know, you've been a couple of times during the series, you've been sitting here going, yeah, but how do I start? Like, where do I even go with this? And maybe I started and, and I dropped the ball and I said I was going to read my Bible every day in January and on January 2nd, I'd already failed. Or maybe you said, hey, I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to save money this year. I'm going to get into a life group. Whatever it was that you were saying, hey, I feel like this is what I need to do. And at some point along the way, you failed, you dropped the ball, and you're like, well, how do I, I guess that's who I am. How do I even move beyond that? And so today I just want to talk about this idea of faith to start and faith to finish. And doing so, I think it's key for us to recognize that for a lot of us, where we get hung up is the start we, we, don't, we don't start something, and the start is what stops us. And so because we don't start something, we never actually get anywhere. How many of you have great ideas in your mind for a business you were going to start, or a new, a new venture, or starting a family, or getting married, or you've got all these things in your head, but you just don't know where to start, or maybe you kind of think, I know where to start, but it seems a little difficult, and so you just don't start, and you're still 30 days from now, or three months from now, or three years from now, going to be in the same place because you haven't gotten started. So that's what we're going to spend some time talking about today. And as we do, we're going to look at a story of a guy that you're probably familiar with, even if you're not a person that's really familiar with faith. So if you got a Bible, I'd love for you to flip with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, this is the first book of the New Testament. The book of Matthew, we're going to read about a guy by the name of Peter. Uh, sometimes he's called Simon or Simon Peter, but this is one of those disciples that Jesus did life with in the three years that Jesus was on the earth. And, and Peter is one of those guys that I love in Scripture because he's a guy that's a lot like us. He doesn't have it all together. He doesn't always say the right thing, do the right thing. A lot of times he actually messes it up. He says the wrong thing at the wrong time. He, he, he can't follow through with what he's decided to start. So I love the story 
of Peter. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about three ideas that I think will help all of us as we are attempting to take the divine direction from God and actually put it into practice. And so the first thing, if you want to put, write this down, the first thing for all of us today is that we have to start small. Start small. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Starting small doesn't actually mean thinking small, but we got to start small. If we want to get started, don't be afraid to start small. Look at this in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, I think for all of us, again, we think of the end result. When we talk about starting a new business, we're not thinking about the hard labor of starting the business. Most of us are thinking when it's up and self-sustaining and there's other coworkers and maybe we're managing people and there's a multi-tiered org chart and, and all the things, a building maybe, if, if your business idea requires a building brick and mortar or a web presence or whatever, we think about that in our minds. It's the finish. But so often we, we miss the start. It doesn't take a lot of faith to finish. It takes a lot of faith to start. The, the finishing is actually something that just comes as a culmination of starting and continuing, right? So you don't actually have, a lot of have to have a lot of faith to finish. You have to have a lot of faith to start. And what we see here when Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee, he sees, as he's beginning his public ministry, he sees some guys. He sees Peter and his brother Andrew, and they are out, and they're casting their nets. One, one version of the Gospels there says that they're mending their nets. And so what happens is he sees them, and he walks right up to them, and he calls out to them, and he says, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, I've heard a lot of sermons and a lot of ideas around this call that Jesus made to them. I think if you, are, uh, if you were a, a mom, right, and Jesus was calling you to come and be the disciples, I think he would have changed the pitch and he would have said, come and follow me and I will help you care for other people. Because maybe that's naturally what, what speaks to you. If you were a, a banker and he called you, I think he would walk up to you and say, hey, come and follow me and you will help me count the cost of making a disciple. Right? Because I think what he does is he meets you at your place of need, he speaks your language, and he calls you out of what you were into something that naturally fits with your passions and your gifts. Because Psalm 139 tells us that he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows who you are. He knows how you're wired. He knows the way that he uniquely pieced you together. And so I think God calls us individually. So don't get hung up here on the idea of like, well, I'm not a fisherman. I mean, if following Jesus is about fishing, I don't know the first thing about it. The other night we were here at the church and we're getting ready and my son Tucker, probably just through watching me try to do it, he was casting a fishing line in Kids Life because they've been using that in their Kids Life expedition on Wednesday night and got the hook caught in the carpet. And we almost had to rip the carpet up just to get the hook out because we couldn't even cut the line. I'm not a fisherman. I'm not teaching my kids enough about fishing. I know that's a deficiency in my parenting skills. But if Jesus is calling my children, he's probably not calling them to come be fishers of men. He's probably calling them to come and be baseball players for Jesus or something, right? Like, let's be lacrosse players, whatever. I don't know how he's going to call them, but he's calling them in a different way that uniquely speaks to their passions and giftings. He calls Peter and Andrew because they're fishermen. Come and be fishers of men. And look what they did. It says, immediately, immediately, they dropped their nets and they followed him. That's that small step. 
they didn't say, well, how do we fish for men? Do we use bait? Do we need to bring the hooks? I mean, that's going to be gross, but I mean, do we need to bring that with us? Are we going to go out in the water? Do I need to kind of tell them to hang on to the boat here? Immediately. So often we're trying to figure out all the details of the plans of God for our life that we just missed the first step. Just follow. Just follow. Just take the first step and just say, okay, I'm in. I don't really know what it looks like yet. I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but I'm in. Let's go, Jesus. I'm in. Immediately they followed him. They started small. And in your life and in mine, maybe you're trying to figure out, well, how do I start small and, and what do I do? Because the, the finishing is what I'm imagining. Maybe it's something very small. Maybe you're saying, hey, I've got to lose 50 pounds. That seems overwhelming. You're right, but you know how you lose 50 pounds? One pound at a time. Lose the first pound. Change your diet. Do a little exercise. Do more exercise tomorrow than you did today right? You just do one step at a time. You say, well, man, we're trying to get our finances in order. We want to save that thousand dollar emergency fund. We can't ever seem to get there because of all the emergencies in our life. And so you're like, I don't know how to get to a thousand dollars. You just save it a dollar at a time. You just skip the five dollar Starbucks one time. You've got your first five dollars in your emergency fund and you go, hey, I'm just going to start small and I'm just going to work towards this big goal that seems overwhelming. Just one small step at a time. Immediately they dropped their nets. They made a change in their behavior and they followed after Jesus. St. Francis of Assisi says this, start doing what's necessary, then what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. Start doing what's necessary, then what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. It seems overwhelming to try to start with the impossible, so just start doing what's necessary, and then what's possible, right in front of you. Start small. The second thing if you're going to do something for the Lord, you're going to follow with divine direction after what God's calling you to do, is you've got to take the next step. After you start small, you have to take the next step. Look at this in Matthew 14, talking about the same guy. Look at this. Immediately he, Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. If you want to do something for God, if you want to really make a difference, if you want to follow the divine direction of God in your life, you got to start small, and then you got to take the next step. Now, if you are familiar with the story we just read, I stopped before the verse that gets a lot of the publicity. The storms kicked up, the winds and the waves were rough, and all of a sudden, Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus, he looks down at the sea, and he begins to sink. A lot of times, and I've heard it maybe hundreds of times, a lot of times we focus on the fact that Peter sunk. But let me just raise your hand if you've ever walked on the water. <laughs> yeah, me either. Like, I'm not going to get onto the guy because he couldn't walk a mile. He walked two steps. That's enough for me, right? He took a step, and his step wasn't even the one out on the water. It was the step to say to Jesus, call me out. Like, if, if you really are who you say you are, I've been walking with you now for, in our context this morning, 10, 10 chapters. Like, if you are who you say you are, call me out. Tell me to get out there. Okay, I'm coming out. And then that next step was getting out of the boat, leaving comfort. When you start small in relationship with God, when you actually take that first small step of just following Jesus, there's still going to be some junk in your life. And that's okay. 
There's still going to be some things that you haven't figured out, some things that you've got to work out with God. But here's the deal. That next step, and I think there's many next steps. I don't just mean like there's one next step. Those many next steps that come afterwards are that work of God in, in forming you into who he's called you to be continuing to change you and purge you of the things that don't look like him and sound like him. And so the way that you've been talking at work, you just start following Jesus. And here's what I believe. The more and more that you pursue Jesus, the less and less you sound like what you used to sound like. That next step is just changing the way that you talk. And the things that you listen to is maybe there's some things that they're talking about on the job and you go, you know what, after a little while you're like, I just, I can't listen to that and keep moving in the direction that I think I'm called to move in. And so I got to move away from you. I, I got to go, you know, eat lunch by myself because I know what lunch here looks like in this group. I got I to gotta change jobs. I got to change departments. Whatever that looks like for you because there's some next steps that I've got to take a step to get out of my comfort zone and get out of the boat. I got to take that step. Maybe you're in a relationship and it is comfortable for you. And you say, man, I, I just, the worst thing in the world is for me to imagine not being in this relationship. But the most important relationship in my life now is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so maybe in this season, the best thing that I can do is trust God as I believe he's calling me out of this relationship. Because you got to take that next step. That's what God may be calling you to do. If you want to follow with divine direction what God is asking you to do, you got to start small, but you got to take the next step. And here's what I believe with all of my heart. For most of us, we tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we tend to underestimate what God can do through us in the long term. And so when we think, well, that's just a little step, I started small and I just took one step. Like I was here, I started small, I'm here, and now I took the next step and I'm here, but I thought I'd be over there. But guess what? In the short term, I'm here, but that's not where I was. But in the long term, God's eventually going to get me all the way over there. I just keep taking steps and trusting him and trusting him and trusting you. Say, I'm not the parent that I want to be. I don't believe that I'm leading my home, leading my family, leading my children. You know how you do that? You just do it one moment at a time, one conversation at a time. And when you look back, you say, man, I didn't even realize how far I've come. But it came because you took one small step, and then you took every next step that came your way. Every next step that came your way, you just keep trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. And say, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm not exactly sure what you're going to do. But God, I am trusting in you. you got to start small you got to take the next step. And then the third thing is you got to get back up. Some of you are like, I, I, I think this is where it's really going to hit with me because, man, I mess up more than I get it right. I mess up a lot more than I get it right. I mean, yeah, okay, start small, I'm with you. Take a next step, I'm with you. I, I've done that a couple of times. But you got to get back up. Look at this, Matthew chapter 26. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him and said, you are also with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you two are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Some of you know that wept bitterly emotion. You know what it feels like to have shame and regret and remorse because you dropped the ball. You fell down. You made a mistake. 
You had every good intention. You said, hey, I, I, I want to do right. I'm starting small. I'm taking the next step. Like, I'm in. I want to do this. And you fail. I've been reading a book, or I actually already finished it, but I started a book a, a few weeks ago by an author named John Acuff called Finish. Uh, and he talks about this idea that, again, how do we finish? He says that the enemy to finishing, one of them, is the perfection, uh, the illusion of perfection. The enemy to finishing is the illusion of perfection. It's kind of what I said just a few minutes ago. We say, hey, I'm going to work out for 30 days. And the first day that you sleep in, you go, ah, well, I've failed. And you just don't work out anymore. But he said, no, no, if we take away the illusion of perfection, if we realize that nobody thought we would be perfect, nobody called us to be perfect, and so we just say, okay, you know what? I skipped day 16. Today, tomorrow on day 17, I'm just going to get up and go work out. Like I'm just, I'm starting a new lifestyle. This is not about 30 days in a row. This is about living a lifestyle that makes healthier decisions and exercises. And you say, well, I was going to read my Bible every day. Well, I, mean, I hope you do. But the first day that you miss it, don't quit. You get back up. There is no perfection. It's an illusion. And so we don't finish because we have bought into the lie that perfection is what we're seeking. And what I've said throughout this series is it's not perfection that we're seeking. It's who are we in pursuit of. We're in pursuit of God. And we're in pursuit of the person that God is forming us to be. He's more concerned with who we are becoming than what we are doing. Because if we're becoming the right who, then we'll do the right do. Remember us talking about this? Sounds like Dr. Seuss. It's the idea that I'm going to start small, and I'm going to take the next step, whatever that is. Every time I see a step, I'm going to take that step. And when I fail, which let me just promise you, that's going to happen. If this church or any other church or any other person has made you feel like you're not going to drop the ball from time to time, then let me just say that I'm sorry we've ever presented that to you. It doesn't excuse it. Romans says, what am I supposed to do? Because I know that, am I supposed to just keep on sinning and doing whatever I want? No, 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 no. That's not in the Bible. No, 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 no. That was me. I just said, no, 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 no. I don't think the writer of Romans said that. No, 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 no. No, but what we say is, no, we don't, we don't do that. We actually say, thank you, God, for your grace when I mess up. And so now I fully accept your grace. And I keep on in pursuit of you. As soon as I admit and acknowledge that I've made a mistake, I've dropped the ball, I got to get back up and keep moving. And that's exactly what happens to Peter here. That's exactly what happens. Look at this in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, this is after Jesus has already ascended back to heaven, lifting up his voice, he addressed them, the thousands of people out in the middle of the street, for this festival, this feast that they were there for. Verse 40 says this, And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. This was after Jesus messed up. After Peter messed up. After Jesus was raised back to heaven. Jesus didn't mess up. This is after Jesus ascended back to heaven. This is Peter. He, he messed up. And yet, guess what? There's still life after your mistakes. You just get back up. You just get back up and you just keep moving. You just get back up and you just keep moving. Because you start small and you take the next step. Every time you see a step, you take it. And then when you fail, you just get back up and you keep moving. I looked it up this morning. It was in 1998 that the song was written. I'm not sure when I first heard it. But it was not too long after that, I don't think guy by the name of Donnie McClurkin. Most of you probably don't even know who that is. Donnie McClurkin wrote a song, 
and it has this incredible line in it. It says, a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. A saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. I asked Alan to play it. I'm going to try to sing a little bit, all right? We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up and got up. Sing that with me. We fall down. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. It's that simple. It's that simple. You start small. Every time you see a next step, you take a next step. And if you fall down, you get up. Divine direction is really that simple. God, what are you saying to me? Come and follow you. I'll drop my nets. I'm in. Okay, if that's you, Lord, call me to come after you. It's you, come. Okay, I'm out of the boat. I'm walking on water. I'm chasing after you. Oh, man, I denied him. I messed up. I made a mistake. I fell down. Oh, I stand up. And I say, listen, here's the deal. Here's how you're saved. Here's how you do this. God, thank you for using me. Thank you for allowing me to be used by you for incredible purposes that are beyond myself. I get back up. And so here's what we want to do today. If you know that starting small for you, the first thing that you need to do is just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance this morning. We want to give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ, to allow him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. What that means is that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. It means that I have done wrong, and so I need to ask him first just to forgive my sins. And as I ask him to forgive my sins, according to the word, he does it immediately. His forgiveness is extended towards me. His grace is extended towards me. And he gives me this incredible gift that I don't deserve. And so I say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. And then I allow him to be the Lord of my life, which means that I'm saying, lead me, guide me from this day forward. Call me out of my comfort into things that are uncomfortable so that I can follow after you. Be my Lord and my Savior. We're going to give you a chance to respond to that in a minute. And for the rest of us, we're just going to say, God, help me to take small steps and take next steps and get up whenever I fall because I am committed to following after you with all of my heart. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. If that's you today and you say, hey, you know, for me, it's about accepting him as the Lord and Savior of my life. There's no better day for you to do that. It's already Celebration Sunday. We want to celebrate with you and so if that's you today and you want to acknowledge, hey, I'm a sinner, just like everybody else in this room is or was at some point, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I want to ask him to be my forgiver and my Lord. Would you lift your hand right where you're at? You can put it right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you so much. And now if you would say, hey, listen, it's not about salvation for me in this moment. It's just about trusting God, taking small steps, taking next steps, and getting up when I fail. Would you lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. God, I pray for every hand that was lifted today. I pray for those that lifted their hand to trust you in salvation today. God, we thank you for the free gift of salvation that's available to every single one of us. We thank you today that all it requires is an acknowledgement that we are a sinner 
And God, that you can be our Savior. And so God, thank you for forgiving their sins today. And God, we pray that as they take this first step, that they would continue to take next steps in following after you. And so God, we are so thankful that you are a grace giver. And God, the forgiver of sins, lead and guide their lives from this moment forward. And God, now for every hand that was lifted to say, I just want to follow after God. I want to take small steps and next steps, and I want to get up when I fall down. God, would you just give them the grace to do that? Would you give them the faith to trust you? God, give them the strength and the courage to follow after you with all of their heart. And God, you want to do incredibly more than they can imagine. And so God, don't let them overestimate what they can do in the short term. But God, I believe as they even underestimate, there's even more things that you want to do in the long term as they trust and follow after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga. 